When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of The Russian Sisters. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Anna, and we are The Russian Sisters. Hey, everybody. Hello. Welcome to March. It is March. Yeah. Where did did January and February go? I'm glad they're over. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a journey. It's kind of a mixed bag for me. Bittersweet. There you go. That's the word. Because on the one hand, I'm like, yep, we're getting closer to May. And on the other hand, I'm like, too fast, too fast. Uh (laughs) And for January, having 4,764 days, I feel like it went by (laughs) slowly. (laughs) Well, and you know, February is the shortest month. Although I hear people say they hate February. Really? Why? I don't know if it's like the winter thing. It's a month of love. um, Well, maybe that's it. (laughs) I don't know. But for being the shortest month, I'm like, wouldn't you like it more? Because it goes by quicker. And made up holidays. Mm. I don't know. I feel like we had a short week in January and a short week in February. Yep. And a snow day here and there. And they don't feel like it. No. No, that's exactly it. They feel like the longest, longest week ever. Yeah. And they throw me off. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm ready for it. And then it just puts a kink in the rest of the week. Maybe that's why the rest of the week feels so long. A kink in the week. A kink in the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cheers, March babies. Yeah. Happy Happy, birthday to you. Happy birthday. I'm trying Um, to think of anyone I know with a March birthday. Okay. Let me tell you about birthdays. mm -hmm. I missed a bunch of friends' birthdays in January and February. Happy birthday to them. Yes. So what I'm thinking of doing Mm -hmm. is when I think of that person, I think I'm just going to reach out to them and say happy birthday, even if it's not their birthday. I love that. Yeah. I think they would like that too. Yeah. I would like that. Be like, happy birthday. It's October and your birthday is in May. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It's a birthday. Just year. so I'm covering it because I, I used to have a, one of those birthday calendars mm-hmm. and then I just never looked at it. Correct. And then Same. I don't really do the Facebook thing with telling people happy birthday. So yeah. that's yeah. why we um, get on a podcast and do it by month. You there guys. you go. Yeah. <laughs> so cover it there. Every, Luckily, I think <laughs> at least one of the people I missed has listened to our podcast. Yay. I know. <laughs> Happy birthday, March baby! That's right. <laughs> we are toasting you with seven deadly zins. Woohoo! Appropriate because for us Orthodox Christians, we're going to be uh, moving into Lent, Great Lent well, here soon. I mean, a lot of Christians are moving into Lent. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and Mardi Gras, yeah, Mar- yeah, somewhere I don't even around know. now. Yeah. But I think they I mean, start yeah. already. I think like Catholics and the other Lenters, I think they started already because their Easter oh, is a true. week before ours. Yeah. In other words, ours is a week after theirs. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. not go down that rabbit hole. Not yet. That's an April conversation. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Every year. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have the same conversation. It has to do with the moon. I think we talked about it last year. We, did. <laughs> we probably That's, did. Yeah. As we were prepping for our wine and 
Easter candy tasting, which we're not repeating. I know we've said it before, but we will <laughs> We just want to make sure everyone's aware. We are not that is going not to do that happening one again. again. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Seven Deadly Zins is a fun one. Mm-hmm. We like it a lot. Hey, so speaking of March, there are a couple of themes and I couldn't, I told Alexander, I couldn't write everything down because there were just so many individual observances for mm. March. It is yeah. a longer month than February. Well, March Madness. You know, yeah. There is March Madness. Yeah. Was that, that on your list? Happening? No, no. Mm. In fact, for last Brackets. year during March Madness, we had some guest speakers come we on. We did. We had some coaches, coaches come on. That was a lot of fun. We have a couple guests who are open to coming on our podcast, so we got to get them lined up. Oh, that would be very fun. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like having company for these things. But just so y'all know, March is National Celery Month. <laughs> so... Get crunching on the Ants celery. On a log. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people like to eat their celery with cream cheese. I like, have seen that. Are you a cream cheese celery person? No, I'm not really a celery person because mm. it gets awkwardly stuck, stuck in my yeah. teeth. It's very stringy. And it doesn't, it's like a tactile thing. Mm-hmm. The one and only time, not, I won't say the one and only time, but one of the only times I will ever say that something is probably sensory related. <laughs> you know how I feel when people I are like, do. it's sensory. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's behavioral. <laughs> um, celery for you is sensory. There's just something about it that just sends it. Ew. Yeah. There it's you also go. very crunchy loud. Mm. Um, and I we- do like ants on a log though. It's just, I, yeah. I think I like the idea, but I'm not a big raisin fan. I haven't tried giving Buddy that yet. I wonder. Maybe mm. I should be a better he mom like and do it. that. <laughs> Every kid must try ants on a log. Yeah. Anyway, celery. Um, it's celery month. It's also National Frozen Food Month. Mm. Um, kidney mm-hmm. month, nutrition month, uh, professional social workers month. So congratulations okay. yeah. and shout outs to our some friends. Of, some social workers, yeah. Who are social workers, yeah. Reading awareness. So That is a huge thing. Get into the books, people. In February, at the end of February, there was like a an open reading day, I think, across the nation or something where kids, there was a certain time in the day where all kids were supposed to be reading across the U.S. Oh. I'll have to look that up and see if that happened. My school had a book fair last month, and mm. then some people on the social media were talking about book fairs and how not equitable they are because the kids who may not have money at their disposal, aren't able to purchase books. And I was like, I was wondering, I think our librarian is really good about that. Like if a person comes mm. in and they can't purchase a book, I feel like there was a way for them to like still a discretionary get fund to help. I wonder. Because we used to do, I don't remember us doing book fairs, but we had the really cheap paper um, catalogs and we'd yeah. go through and be scholastic. like, 50 cents. yeah, oh. circle. Is that, you, yeah, you still scholastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. We and just do it differently. You'd circle your book that you, you wanted for like 50 cents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah. I was, there was a whole table of like $2 books. When I saw the conversation that was happening on the social media, I was like, yeah, sometimes $2 is even too hard to come by. So I know there, I was wondering like, yeah, I is there a more I'm equitable way? Scholastic would partner. Cause I know there are programs where you can get books for free. For sure. Yeah. But anyway, breeding awareness. And I don't know if that's that we're supposed to be aware of reading mm. or just that there is something called reading, perhaps that it's okay. a good thing. And I tell my students, I think and they're asked to read for at least 20 minutes every night. I think the research says anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes every night. Have I told you my DC story? DC? Did I, did I tell that on the podcast? Like DC comic or Washington? Like a trip going to DC? Oh, no. Did I share this? No. Oh, I know. If you did, I don't remember, and that's okay. So sorry, you guys, if I'm repeating the story and you've already heard it, but I work with a teacher 
who takes a group to DC every year. Fun. Yes. He takes fifth graders. Mm -hmm. I like it. Fifth graders. Yeah. Cool. He takes fifth graders every year. And he was telling me how the experience has changed because something as important and significant of seeing the Declaration of Independence, it doesn't exist for the students that he takes because they cannot read cursive. Oh, so there's this like the meaning behind it or see even understanding the impact of it. It's like lost with the increase in technology. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that like they're, they're like, like oh, yeah, so what? it's an old it's piece a bunch of, of paper squiggles. with writing on it. Well, squiggles are like now yeah. the story is familiar to me, but squiggles. I don't remember if we talked about it here or elsewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could get on my soap book, soap books. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I get on soap books, too. <laughs> It is reading awareness about like, here's my quick PSA people, teach your kids cursive. If you want me to give you more information, why reach out to us at the Russian sisters at gmail.com. Do you remember that one time I gave our email address and I was like the Russian sisters.com. And I'm like, no, if you want to email, it has to be at gmail.com. Yeah. I'm still waiting for anyone to reach out to us since um, nicely, kindly since November and December. I think that well, was we're the back, last so time. people don't have a reason to reach out to us. I know anymore. to encourage us to come back because we already <laughs> yeah, are. Because we already are. Check that box. We did that. Yeah, you can even just reach out and say hi That's to true. us at the Russian Sisters at gmail dot com. Yeah, daylight savings happens for us in America, with I the exception of this. Arizona. I was thinking about this yeah. because um, I haven't figured out how to change the time in my car. Okay. <laughs> and then I was counting how many months and I'm like, wait a second. We only do this for like five months. Yeah. And then the rest of the year, I was like, why? I feel like it got later and later the fall. Why are we doing this? I don't know. But and now then I thought, I'm excited that your clock will be right. It will be In a correct. couple weeks. Yes. And the other thing I have to think about is there are farmers in the state of Colorado. And I'm like, what do they say? Like, do they still really need it? I don't know. Or does it matter? I think there was a measure on a ballot once upon a time, and Mm. we still voted to keep it instead of get rid of it. But I have heard from some of our friends who have farmer friends or work in the fields or have ranches or whatever, that they are up when the animals are up. So the animals don't know how to tell time. So it doesn't really matter to them. They're just up when the animals are up. Like there's, you know, trendsetters have to start and go against the grain before everyone turns around and follows them. So let's just join Arizona. Maybe I'll just start showing up like at what time I think I should show up to work. I See, doubt that's going to last. We have long. talked about your ideal work day. Yeah. And it does not fit a school schedule. It, it really doesn't. I'm yeah. tired a lot. And <laughs> when people are like, how are you doing? First thing in the morning, I'm like, ask me in two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be up. And it's when not my, a coffee thing because I don't no, drink coffee. You're like my circadian rhythm. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I'm not a my, like my body is present and I am upright, but my brain is not turned on yet. That happens mm-hmm. often. So yeah. Remember daylight savings time is coming up and it'll be fun. Um, like we said, for your car, because the other day I was running errands with Alexandra and, um, <laughs> we were going to be meeting up and she dropped me off and we we're going to be meeting up. And I was like, okay, I'll head down to your house right away. And she's like, no, it's only 11. And I'm like, no, your clock says 12. <laughs> it's only 11. Yeah. Quick mm-hmm. math, quick math. I mean, that keeps us on our toes. That's supposed to stave off Alzheimer's, you know, doing equations and math and things and problem solving. Sudoku again recently. Oh, good. That's supposed to be good for your brain. I had books on my shelves of Sudoku. And I think when time, you know, in a fit of rage, I probably, I decided to get rid of them. So now I just print them. you, Sudoku. Yeah. Mensa. I can't do you anymore. We're over you. March is also 
well, it contains National Peanut Butter Day. Mm. I didn't write down when that was, but I did write down that National Crab Meat and Meatball. Okay. Day crab now, is meat that and meatball imitation day. Imitation crab meat or no, the it real didn't say, thing? Okay. Just, it didn't say imitation crab meat. It's not okay. with a K. It's okay. actually yeah with, with a C. C. So crab okay. meat and meatball day are both on March 9th. So yeah. whether you're listening to this before then or after, go we celebrate with some crab meat and meatballs. Should have looked up when it's um, raisin month or raisin day because you've got celery month and peanut butter day. Oh, you are two thirds of the way to your aunt's all, all the way down. It's possible that there's like raisin day. You did March. say there was a lot. So I won't. Do you know what we missed? And I think it was our sister-in-law who brought it to my attention that we missed like National Wine Day. And I was like, I think we had just podcasted or we were podcasting and missed Wine Day. So cheers. Well, Wine Day for us is just about every Every day. day. No, that's not true. It's not true. Listeners. It's only partially true. It's somewhat true, (laughs) but it's not all the the time true. And we have the pandemic to thanks for that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It is also Global Money Week coming up sometime oh, in March. Yeah. I love you got, that. You got very excited about that. Well, why not? Bring bring it on. Well, and that made me think, I, I didn't put two and two together until just now, but that makes me think about how I'm reading some money books and not that they're like manifestation money books. I think it's just like reading about the idea of money and money in a person's life and maybe a little bit of manifestation. Like how do you bring about more money into your life? We've talked about it on a couple of episodes, some of the money books that we're reading. But given that it's National Money Week, I wonder if that has to do with like we're prepping taxes too. Oh, could be. Probably my related taxes. We'll get to that. Oh, we are? Well, I mean, not yet. It's March. Oh, didn't know if you had a story about taxes. I do. (laughs) (laughs) That is me giving raspberries about taxes Mm. this year. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Given that it's Global Money Week and we've talked a little bit about money messages or people's relationships with money and it can be a very tricky thing sometimes. Like, do you have or do you want to share if you have any messages about money that you grew up with or things that you're working to overcome or things you're tackling? Are you asking me this? Yeah. Oh, in regards to money? Yeah. Oh, it's Global Money Week sometime this month. Okay. <laughs> yeah, totally not the direction I thought we were going, but I can I can hang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I I you know, I get all into this woo-woo stuff and manifestation and clearing out space of of your energy and I think we all get blueprints, I call them blueprints of different kinds and I think a money blueprint is one of them. And so, I think there are gosh, I mean I hear a lot of like a lack mentality versus abundant mentality, but what does that mean in people's perceptions? Because you can have lots of physical money and yet still have a lack mentality. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the things, I mean, I happen to have been reading the same books as Anna is that it really talks about wealth consciousness mm-hmm. and just how you view yourself in relation to just not only things, but life purpose. And then also in regards to money. And, and so that's where I kind of, 
I've had to work through some of that lack mentality. If you have money, you're greedy. If you mm-hmm. only have what you need, anything more than that is considered to be selfish. And I wouldn't say any of these were direct things I ever heard. I think it was just the feeling that I got around it. And so just being able to work through some of the guilt and shame that can come with money. Again, whether you have lots or or not a lot, you can have those exact same feelings. And it's about, for me, it's about removing the guilt and shame around that. I love that. Yeah. And thanks for going off the cuff there. (laughs) Can't put me on the spot, but okay. (laughs) Well, yeah. I've been thinking about it because one of the questions that these books ask are like, what are some of the messages you heard? Like, what are some of your first memories about money? Or what are some of the first messages you had about money? And we didn't grow up um, with a, a lot of it. In fact, I was telling Al, I had to, <laughs> I had, one of my first memories is having to leave behind this huge stuffed dog when we were moving yeah, when we I were little. I never heard this story. Um, but I had this big dog, stuffed dog that we had to leave behind at one house because there wasn't room to take it to another house. And it was just, you know, I don't know, it left such an impression on me just about things and things we owned or didn't have. And and then, you know, going into elementary school and middle school and kids can be cruel. I'm sure you guys know too, um, with like your mom wears combat boots or you shop at Goodwill. And so there was definitely a stigma about shopping secondhand until I got into be an adult and I'm like, I love shopping secondhand. It's absolutely a treasure for me. And people give away some really good clothes and I I'm very happy to purchase them and wear them. But that it made me think, this journey has also made me think about what I was thinking about when I got married and when I had a spouse and how I was thinking, oh, there's going to be a partner to help me mm. with bills. And yeah. I'm not like all these things that I would have to pay for on my own, like there will be help and money. Well, finances, you guys know, is something that couples argue. It's probably the number I think, one I think thing. it is the number one thing that couples that do couples fight argue about. about. Mm-hmm finances, whether or not you've had conversations about it before. And whether you have money or not, like again, yes. this is, it's across the board. Right. Yeah. Every Right. And I think a lot of people are having the conversations about who's going to pay what bills and what accounts and are we sharing accounts? Are we splitting accounts? And mm-hmm. like all that jazz, I think everybody brings to the table their own messaging and their own imprinting of money messaging. And just this idea of when you come into a partnership, what is that going to look like? in terms of spending or saving or are we going to do budgeting and envelope method or is it just nilly willy whatever goes. But I was really reflecting on the fact that, yeah, I think I was really excited to have a partner to share the financial aspect with and get assistance with. And then it didn't really go that way. No. And we talked because your ex-husband is a lot like one of my ex-boyfriends where it was like, his money was his money and my money was our money. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a much different, I'm, I have a much, much, much different approach to that now where I'd probably be more open in a way to, it's just money, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, there was like this weighted value to it. And I've right. had to work really hard to take that value away yes. and go like, cause it got tied into security. It got tied into fear. Yes. Um, my job, you know, the idea of amount of money equaled my success and value as a person. And so I think the more that you can internally grow your self-worth, the less strength or value or the less weight, I guess, that money really has Mm -hmm. in creating that because- 
there you go. Because my self-worth is super grounded to, I'm like, oh, okay. If it comes in, awesome. And when it comes in, I'm super grateful. And when it leaves, I'm grateful because I was able to do some cool things with it. But at the time, like my ex-boyfriend was like, no, I want to go like your money has to pay all these crazy bills, Mm -hmm. but I want to go get toys and go do these fun things. And I was like, wait a second. And it wasn't that give and take. Like Sean was 180 different. Like he was like, it's our money. Let's just go do some fun stuff. And we didn't really have that argument, but it, it's so common. It's so common. And that's frustrating too, when you're like, oh, we're going to share these things. Mm-hmm. And then when you find out that someone hasn't been paying bills for a few months, it's like, uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was quite a journey for me post-marriage and I don't mind talking about it to the two people that are listening to this podcast. Um, but the financial situation really impacted my own credit score. So when I did separate from that situation, I had a lot of work to do, but that's what sucks about it. It does suck. Mm -hmm. It did and has, but I'm really worked really hard and you've done a really good job. You have have been impressed just about the accomplishments. And that's what I want to, I want you guys, the two of you listening to know (laughs) That it is possible to turn it around and it did take, you know, there there were times when I couldn't spend the money on things that I wanted to and I couldn't go out or I couldn't do this or that. And it's not couldn't. I chose not to because I didn't have the finances and I chose just to work with my financial system in a different way than I had prior. And so when I was on my own again, I worked to be able to buy a house and buy a car and yeah. each of those milestones, I was like, dagnabbit, I did it. You did it. Right. And yes, I had help along the way. And I am very grateful for the help along the way. But it was just very cool to see the growth and the change in that mindset and the relationship with money. Now, don't get me wrong. I still have a long, long way to go. And I'm really excited about the books that we're reading now. And I'm excited about Global Money Week. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm like, what are we going to do with that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's just, if you at all have ever struggled with your relationship with money, we can tag the two books that we're reading again. And I I think they're just great resources. And Well, I have another one. Oh, you do. And you can also reach yeah. out to us at the Russian sisters at gmail.com. Just, you know, if you have questions about what we're doing or how we're doing it. And well, because um, the credit system itself oh. is kind of its own construct, which again, mm-hmm. I won't go into like the woo stuff, but it's its own construct. And so it creates conditioning around it. Yes. But if you don't necessarily buy into that idea, which a lot of people don't, they're like cash only. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm kind of a little bit of both where I'm like, oh, this system exists and I can see the value for it, but I'm not, again, I'm not going to tie my worth, my success yes. to that. The other one I was going to say is Rami Sethi, I think is how you say his name. He has a book called, I will teach you to be, I think it's called, I will teach you to be rich. Mm. He does a little bit of a different system than Dave Ramsey. So like the envelope system is something that Dave Ramsey does, Yes, but I really like this book because it's a generational thing. Um, Our parents were of the generation of exactly like, if you can't afford it, you don't do it. Mm -hmm. And you pinch your pennies. And there, there are like, there's whole things of like a dollar, like a physical dollar has the same energetic value as a million dollars. Correct. But what Ramit Sethi is talking about is like, find what you enjoy And that's where you put your energy and your money toward Mm -hmm. while you're chipping away at these other things. And so he's got some really great examples and we can, again, link him in the show notes, but that, yeah, some pretty cool stuff. So because we're talking about money, I want to talk about two TV shows that also cover (laughs) money. I know we're bringing it all around. (laughs) 
I like They TV. were lower on my list, but let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Because you and I have both watched Inventing Anna. Yes. And then I want to talk about the show Billions because that to me ties in a little bit. Okay. So tell me your thoughts about Inventing Anna. For, and and that's like one of the top shows on Netflix right now. Yes. So based off a true story, but not based off a true story, but based off of a true story <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Mostly facts in the portrayal in the Netflix show. I think I am always intrigued by the psychology, right? Cause mm-hmm. I'm a counselor and I really dig the psychology of what motivates people and how they are motivated to do whatever. Now this very young girl was able to swindle Very wealthy people and bank systems in New York. I'm sure you guys have seen the show and will watch it. To me is that the total amount was $275,000. To me and the way it's portrayed, I mean, that to me, I'm like, dang, because I totally had it as more as I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I feel like it was more that she did, but only what they could bring charges against her for. But anyway, because for the individuals that were swindled, $275,000 is chump change. Drop in the bucket. Exactly. It's like, that would be something that they could spend in one day. Not a problem. How she would talk her way out of like oh my paying gosh. for bills at restaurants or paying for clothes like, oh, the wire transfer hasn't come through or my credit card isn't working or it's European banks or whatever. She was just able to talk her way through and people bought it because she looked the part. She did. She acted the part. And there was this arrogance about her that you didn't fight it. Although as you're saying that, I'm like, this is why it was so hard to settle Sean's estate (laughs) because Every time I tried to talk to someone, they were like, oh, that we're protecting against fraud. I'm like, thanks, Anna Delvey. <laughs> right. <laughs> now right. I know it was you. <laughs> I just, and this show, I don't know. I thought it was interesting how, and I'm sure people have thoughts about her parents. And, and if you read that about would the be really hard. real yeah. person, the real human being, how her parents disowned her, but just how like even the reporter created stories in her own head about who these people were and how could mm-hmm. this young 20 something like you're not just born this way. Like she had to learn it or she had to be created somehow yeah, like abused yes, or something must have yes. happened to her in order for other her to than- be this way. Nope. She just was that way. And instead, we know that there are people who just are this way. Well, and it's really entertaining. I will say at first, I kept hearing how great this was. And I am a stickler for accents. I will. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. That is one for me, especially when it comes to Eastern European or Russian accents. Shocking. If someone can't do it well, I'm like, ooh, it just kind of nags. It doesn't mean that I can't watch it, but it just kind of like just annoys me. So at first her accent, I was like, was that intentional? But there's a point where someone actually comments on her accent. Like I can't, like, I can't even figure out your accent. Yeah. And the actress is, she's from Ozark. Yes. And so, and I'm, I'm a big Ozark fan. So it was just very interesting seeing that where at some point you can see these moments where it's almost like she's about to be who she really is. And then it's like some switch gets flipped and she's Buying right back into all of her lies. Mm-hmm. Probably because that's just safer at that point. 
I don't know. Anytime her dad comes up, you get this sense that there is like an emotional component. There's like something that triggers her emotionally. And that's, again, how they portray it in this show. And I don't know what her relationship with her father is like in real life. But I I thought that was interesting that when anyone would bring up your dad or she was she was like, my dad is going to come. My dad Mm -hmm. is going to save me. My dad is going to be here. He's going to provide the money. And then he just doesn't. And you can see that there's definitely some sadness there. But what I did want to say about the accent is there have been lots of comments all over the social media about the accent and like they hated the actress because she just didn't get the accent right and then other people were coming to her rescue and saying no 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 she actually spent some time with her in prison and talked to her and learned her mannerisms and her accent and she actually does speak that way and it's like a it's a German Russian accent (laughs) Russian German German Russian I mean it's weird think about it I was just watching another show it's almost like Anna and I like flipped our position she's talking about books and I'm talking about shows but (laughs) (laughs) where someone like it was an American girl who was going to boarding school in England and after two years developed an English accent and it was commented on and I'm like well if she left Russia when she was, you know, seven, eight, nine years old and is now in Germany. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I lived in England, I didn't, I didn't speak with a British accent, but I did pick up their dialect. So I started speaking with the same intonation mm. that they do, which is different than we do here. And people, when I came back to the U.S., were like, what is wrong with you? From whence have you hailed? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I'm just, you just pick up that yeah. canter. Is it canter? What is it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mm-hmm. articulate well, as you all know. You're doing great. <laughs> no wonder I can't tell. I'm like, Russian accent, British accent, American. German, where are we? Where, what what's, is what's happening? But yeah, you know, when they started talking about the German-Russian thing, I was like, that would be really confusing to your ears yeah. and to your palate. Yeah. <laughs> your articulation. <laughs> I will say overall to wrap up. Well, yeah, but then I have to bring in this show. But yeah, yes, wrap up and the show. Talk. I was interested. I enjoyed watching the show. I thought the actors did a great job. I would agree with that. With and Shonda Rhimes, she's kind of yes, a beast. She is. She's like, and I say that in a very positive way. Yeah. Yeah. I was pleased with this show. Billions. The the reason why I bring up Billions. So Billions is a show from Prime, but it's on Showtime. Hmm. And I don't even know how I started watching it. And to be honest, I'm not even sure what season I'm on. All I'm going to say is there was a comment where someone was saying, right, the show's billions, where someone was saying, I might lose a good chunk of the money. It might be seized. And he's having this conversation with his wife. And she's like, well, what are we talking about? And he's like, that we might come out with just about 320 million. (laughs) Think about that for a second. 320 million. And she goes, oof. I mean, that's manageable, but given our lifestyle, that's just not going to cut it. Oh my goodness. Now granted, Anna and I are talking about wealth consciousness, Mm -hmm. the idea of money and the value that we put on Mm -hmm. it. And I'm like sitting here like, you know, I I'm writing this book, which, you know, you'll hear more about the book as it kind of comes to fruition, but I'm like, I'm reading this book and, you know, he developed this little activity deck and, you know, maybe like a few hundred thousand or maybe a little bit over a million, but $320 million. And, yeah. That's but when I, I can buy totally lottery see, tickets. <laughs> well, that's what ends up impacting our relationship with money is yeah. the lifestyle yes. we assign to it. Yep. And so when your kids can't be helicoptered to soccer or no, it's baseball, I think in the show, like they get helicoptered. <laughs> to their little league game. And it's like, when you can't do that every day, I mean, it's all in perspective, but I think the ratio is the same. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like the lifestyle and the amount, the ratio ends up being approximate. Anyway, I thought it was really interesting how she's like, 
oh, that's doable. But you know, with our lifestyle, that's not going to cut it. 320. And then, then to put it into perspective with this girl mm-hmm. who swindled like $275,000. Well, and people, uh, one last thing about the show, people were um, saying she got paid. Netflix paid her for doing the show, but all of that money, there's a law. All of that money goes to restitution. So she had to pay it to the people that she owed it to, that she so, stole from. This brings on... My other point is the idea of people who are making money off of life situations. Mm -hmm. We are pretty hardcore harsh on people who do that because they even talk about a friend who ends up selling her story. Mm -hmm. Right. But I do agree that it's one thing to go and say, I'm a victim and then turn that into a profitable margin for yourself and then still claim you're the victim. That one doesn't sit right for me. I could see you saying, oof, you got me. All right, fine. I'm going to flip the situation around mm-hmm. and now I've made a profit off of it. But when you continue, I think that that part did kind of sit a little off with me. What do you what do you think about those kinds of situations? Profiting off of your victimhood? Victimhood or just your life circumstance. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm writing a book kind of about my own journey. Mm-hmm. If someone ever came to me and said, you're profiting off of Sean's death, I'd, Ooh, I, I'd be angry. Yeah. That, I'd be like, oh, let's people, chat. People tell their stories all the time. And I know that the people who are telling their stories or sell their stories, many do so because they want for the greater good to maybe learn something from the story they have exactly. to tell. Yeah. Um, and also yeah. there are people who sell their story because of the money that they're going to make and, you know, That's or true. because it's a business decision or what have you. And so, yep, there are definitely some ethical or moral components to it and to each his own. I think that would be the thing I would say probably is if you're not in the person's shoes, then. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be hard for me to judge or condemn someone for the decision they're making without knowing their story or yeah. what's going on for them. While you did bring up your book, we just had a retreat recently and we had a guest speaker come into town. And he said, because he's the author of this book, and he said that he wrote the book because he wanted to read it. So he said something along the oh, lines yeah. of, I wanted to read this book, so I wrote it. And I thought that was genius. And I, you know, I told him, I'm like, I have these books in my head. And before I leave, this earth. I definitely want to get them down in, onto paper and don't want to have any regrets about leaving yeah. the, the words unwritten. But I just thought that was an amazing uh, that's perspective so funny to have. That's what I've been saying is I'm, yeah. I wrote a book that I wish existed when Sean died that I could have read. Yes. Well, I yeah. thought about you when he said it and I was like, that's just genius. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like that's what you're doing with this book and yeah. then the books that are in my head. I th- feel like that's the perspective I have is this is a book that I would want to read. Exactly. And so I need to write it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm trying to hook you up with an illustrator. I haven't heard back yet, but I'm trying to like figure, I can't wait. figure all that out. Yeah. There yeah. are some projects going on in my head that hopefully also I will come to fruition. I love this because here's my, here's my big thing. There's like so many good things like happening right now in my life that are these side projects. And as they come to fruition, I'll obviously keep everyone updated. But the cool thing is I feel like you've been clearing out space, whether Mm -hmm. it's emotionally or mentally, spiritually, whatever. And when you do that, it allows your creativity and your purpose to really start making itself known. Yes. And then align. There you Mm -hmm. go. And then you can be like, oh, all right, here it is. Maybe, maybe if I stop telling myself these stories, we all tell ourselves stories and I could go on on this. This is my, my short snippet of it. We all tell ourselves stories that were kind of handed Mm -hmm. and then 
at some point though, not everybody does, but for me, I'm like, at some point you have to kind of evaluate those stories to say, do they serve me? Are they really me? Have I been mm-hmm. buying into someone else's story? And when you make that break from that other person's story, it just makes so much more room for amazing things to come in, into your life. I and like talking it. with my hands and, and honestly like watching me. Mm-hmm. She's very animated people. You need to know there's very, some passion behind these words. Oh, so exciting. All right. So we don't have that much longer together here. And so, <sighs> okay. but there are some stories that we need All to right, share with you today. One of them, because the yes. other one's going to be a continued story. Okay, I do. Go. I do. Okay, y'all. Here's, here's what happens. Sometimes Buddy and I just spend too much time together. And I'm like, I got to break up the monotony. So... The other day I was like, okay, in the morning, we're going to break up our morning because we're going to go run some errands at Schmarget. So we did that. And he and I, I don't know if you can hear it, but he and I have been kind of fighting a cold. It's not COVID, but just fighting. And this always happens to me when I get blocked energetically. Again, my woo-woo stuff comes out, but I always get blocked energetically in my throat. And so I end up with just like the sinus stuff. And I was like, okay, we're going to go Schmarget. We go do that. And then finally the afternoon and I was like, ugh. This isn't going to work. We got to, we got to go get out of here. So I decided to take him and I'm just going to say it to Costco. I'm just going to say it's to Costco. I like Costco. Yeah. Four items. I usually say Schmosco, but today for this mm-hmm. story, I'm going to say Costco. It was four Costco. items. I was like, I'm going to go to Costco for four items. We're Which I thought in. was kind of a betrayal because we usually go on Mondays. He does ask where you are. Mm-hmm. He literally, I got, I was like, you're going to go in the cart to start. That's funny. <laughs> I'm a Ryman Wyman. Um, I put him in the cart and he looks at me and he goes, but where's Nana? And I was Aww. like, oh, she can't be here today. Because I had a retreat. That's right. So I get him out of the car and his whole thing right now is he really wants to be able to walk everywhere, not be carried and walk. So I said, we're in a parking lot. You have to hold my hand. I'm going to try and do these sound effects for you. I think I only nailed it once. And that was when I first told this story. So we are literally walking. And as I am looking up to see where we're going in front of our Costco, there's like a tire center. And then there's a whole bay of handicap parking. And it's literally right by that front entrance where the big garage doors are. And there's a car and I hear this beep, bam, like just exactly. Mm -hmm. And I look up and this car, it was like they punched reverse and they smashed their back end into a wall of Costco. Gosh. Had they moved five, not even five, probably three feet. That is crazy. Towards where we were walking, they would have gone through Mm -hmm. the garage door. Oh my gosh. And into the store. This is And this was on a Saturday. Oh my gosh. Busiest time at Costco. And so, so many people, I mean, people were screaming. I don't think I saw anyone jump out of the way. It could have happened. And he's like, what is going on? The driver? No, my son. Oh, your son. And so the driver at that point in time, like people were rushing over to the car. Oh my gosh. I couldn't tell if the windows were tinted. So I couldn't tell if the um, airbag had gone Mm -hmm. off, but people were just like, first of all, let me say, there's like 20 people trying to surround this car. And I'm, you know, Buddy's trying to look at what's happening. Mm -hmm. And because I don't know what Mm -hmm. he would see, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to shield him. And I'm like, we're just going to get a cart and keep going. And then I hear someone who's like, call 911. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's 20 of you with cell phones on you. And you're asking someone inside of Costco to call 911. Crazy. Well, they probably were just like, oh my gosh. Flight freeze. What the hell just happened? It 
it could have nuts. been so disastrous. Thank God it wasn't. Exactly. Exactly. And at first, you know, like I was starting to tear up because I was like, what just happened? What just happened? This person, like someone was like, did they pass out? What happened? Like people had walked in front of the car oh and then gosh. had seen it. People who were walking into the store were all talking about it. And I'm trying to keep things light because he's like, where's Nana? And I'm like, oh, maybe we'll see her later. Mm-hmm. And then we're, you know, couldn't find all of our four items. So we only found two. So our, our trip was very quick. And I was like, hey, I could already see that there was a fire truck outside. There was an ambulance outside. And so I'm like, I got to prepare you. So I'm telling him, I'm like, hey, there's going to be a fire truck. And there's going to be an ambulance. And there's going to be lots of people. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to know they're all there to make sure that person is okay. You are okay. I am okay. And we're going to go to our car. So I just kept saying that to him. And because he's like, what's going on over there? And mm-hmm. the line to get out of Costco, they had the garage door down. Wow. They were like trying to cordon off it, like really direct people. It was insane. <laughs> like, did that just happen? That is nuts. And I'm yeah. so glad that you guys are okay. And I hope the driver is okay. And well, that everybody and else saying, who was around was okay. Yeah. And even for a few days after, he's like, where's the ambulance? Buddy kept saying that. And I was like, oh. You know, they're just helping, making sure the person is okay. We're going to, like, we're going to be okay. And he didn't see, like, he. it's not like he had nightmares or anything. And then I had to be mindful of he's going to feed off of my energy. But I was like, oh, my gosh, we just saw a car crash into the side of Costco. This is so weird. Happy Saturday. You know what the universe is telling you? Don't go to Costco on a Saturday. You need to go back to Mondays with Nana. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That is exactly, exactly. what's happening. So I have a story from this last week to share, but before I do so, people, I want you to know that it is possible for one person to make change, right? Gandhi says, be the change you wish to see in the world. And you hear things like it only takes one. And sometimes if you have a thing that you want to change, you're like, oh, this is impossible. It's never going to happen. I need a whole team of people. I need people to buy in. It's just this whole process. But I want you to know that one person can change the world. And right now I want Alexandra to tell the story about how she (laughs) changed her circumstances in her neighborhood. It is your time to shine. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Yes. We are following it up with now some light and goodness and you have made some positive change for people in your community. Heck yeah, I did. All right. So I (laughs) live, that is hilarious. My neighborhood is kind of at the end of a street. So you follow a street and you dead end and that's my neighborhood. But we just happen to be by a highway. (laughs) And so the highway used to just have, well, it started with stop signs, but then they had to put in, when the highway was built, they had to put in stoplights. But then on one side of the highway, they put in stoplights. There used to not be a left-hand turn stoplight Mm -hmm. to enter onto a merge lane to get on the highway. Right. No arrow. No arrow, which was great because the traffic is just not enough of traffic to really warrant a left-hand turn lane light. And then the traffic increased and they put in a GD left-hand turn arrow. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, it's really hard when you're trying to get a toddler out the door and you only have a certain amount of minutes that you need your commute to take. Mm -hmm. And then you get stopped at a left-hand arrow where there's no traffic coming in the opposite direction. No traffic coming down in the opposite direction. But you can't go because you have a red arrow. Correct. Mm-hmm. And it added painful. about- two, This is now, painful. Like, it, it, you know, I know we're talking about millions and billions. It added like two, two to three minutes a day to my commute. That matters. It did matter to me. 
It did. And so what did people do? They ran the red light all mm. the time. Now mm-hmm. I should also mention that there is a sheriff's office, not by that, no. like very, very close, close, very mm-hmm. close, not far. So there are always sheriff's vehicles around. And I was like, I can't be that one who goes through and gets pulled over by the sheriff. So I did. I reached out. I reached out to the county and they were like, it's not us. It's the state. So I reached out to the state and I said, hey. wait, you did what? Yeah. You reached out to the county and then the state Department of Transportation. Yeah. About I, your situation. I sure did. I'm impressed. Keep going. Um, it's so notorific, you guys. I reached out to them mm-hmm. and I was like, here's the deal. Via email? Yeah. Oh, love this. Yeah. Keep going. I did. And I said, hey, I totally get there was a need to change the stoplights. However, I'm just wondering what kind of research y'all did because why did you just put a green, yellow, and red and not one of a flashy yellow? So a lot flashy of yellow. So a lot of stoplights here in Colorado, and I don't know if this is nationwide or not, but a lot of stoplights will do the flashing yellow yeah. um, left arrow. Turn when you can, when no exactly. traffic is coming. And so I was like, I'm just curious why that wasn't considered. I said, often the light is too short. So you only get one vehicle through, which Mm -hmm. doesn't work for morning commute. Nope. I was like, and also sometimes the light going straight changes and goes through a whole cycle without ever changing the left arrow. Annoying. Yes. And there isn't another, oh my gosh, you guys, I know you're like, seriously, this (laughs) is what you battled. Listen, just I did battle. Yeah. There was no optimal place to do a U-turn if you go straight and then try and U-turn to get back on the highway. It just doesn't exist. So I did. I wrote the guy and he said, Thanks for your feedback. I'm going to forward this to the engineer who's the one who did the research to put in the light. I have no guarantees, but I'll see if he considered putting in the flashing yellow. Y'all, she got a reply from the state. (laughs) Keep going. I got a reply. Well, then I got crickets. And of course, I have the worst memory. So I kept forgetting to follow up because he even said he's like, follow up with me in like three or four weeks. And I like didn't follow up, didn't follow up, didn't follow up until one day. Mm -hmm. One day, Mm -hmm. Buddy and I are in the car Mm -hmm. and I'm like, dang it. I needed those two to three minutes Mm -hmm. and I look up and by gone, wouldn't you know it? There is a flashing yellow light. Flashing yellow light, people. Yes. That's right. They switched the left-hand turn stoplight. I'm sure none of my neighbors know that it's me, but they switched the left-hand turn. It doesn't matter. They don't need to know. Their lives are easier because of you. (laughs) Because I emailed the the state to say, hey, I'm a single mom with a toddler and I need you to switch this light. I don't have two to three minutes to waste on a red arrow, people. I need a flashing yellow. Well, and and I didn't want to call everyone out and say, and anyway, people are running the red because I didn't want more police to be (laughs) hanging out there ready to ticket everyone. Right. It probably would be a good ticket spot. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Before we go to the joke of the day, I do have one update to share with you um, or one story from my week or an update about my week or whatever. I like it. We should hear from you more often. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, not too long ago, I took Buddy swimming. It was a weekend day and um, my sister, my co-host here, needed some time to do some things. And so the request was, or just the ask was, hey, do you want to take him swimming? Now it's winter. And so the option to take him swimming is at a rec center. And I have not been to the rec center since before the pandemic. But I was like, yes, another friend of mine with children also wanted to take her children swimming. And so I coordinated and we had a swim date. So I took Buddy to the rec center on one Uh weekend day. 
You did. And there's an amazing play structure in the pool. He loves the water. You can go up these stairs and there are water features and slides going down. And it's in shallow, shallow water, people, like three inches of water. And Buddy's like, hey, Nana, come up here with me onto this structure. Now I'm looking at the structure, not seeing any other adults on it. (laughs) But I'm like, my nephew wants me to go up on the structure. I shall. Now, when we go to playgrounds, he does slides all by himself and very well. Mm -hmm. But on this particular particular day, he wanted to go together. Now, there's a slide. There are three slides off this huge structure. It's a beautiful thing. It really is a thing of beauty. And there are three slides. And this one in particular is red, um, which now I think I have some terror from. But it's a double slide. So technically two people can go down the thing at the same time. And I asked Buddy, I was like, do you want to sit next to me and go down? And he's like, no, I want to sit on your lap. And I was like, all right. Now, as I'm sitting down, I had a flashback to when Buddy was probably a few months old. And I went went to the same play structure pool rec center with my sister co-host and her husband and Buddy, who was months old. And Alexandra and I are standing in the three inches of water and watching Sean go down with Buddy on this very same slide. And he almost throws the baby out with the bathwater literally (laughs) as he ends on the slide. And it's a tricky landing, people. And he like fell over and almost tossed the kid really into the water. But he was saved. It was a fair catch. Like all was great. But as I'm sitting on this particular slide with Buddy in my lap, I'm thinking like, oh gosh, hope I don't do that. Well, sure enough, I've got now a two and a half year old. He's older than two and a half. He's almost three. In my lap as I'm going down this very short slide into three inches of water. And when I get, um, we slide down the two feet and that landing is, as I mentioned, very tricky and I do not land gracefully. (laughs) I have the kid in my lap and we fall over because there's like a padded landing, but it's not pretty guys. It was not graceful. And I fall over, not once, not twice, but three times with the kid in my hands, trying to make sure that I'm not submerging him into the three inches of water. And it was the kind of fall where I just, I was like, whoa, oh, I'm like, oh my gosh, are we okay? We're okay, we're okay. And I'm trying to chuckle because I am mortified. I am so embarrassed that I am this adult that just went down this two foot slide into three inches of water and biffed it at the end with a toddler in my arms. And I look up and I'm like, who saw that? Luckily, maybe five, seven people did. And and they if if they did laugh, they weren't laughing when I looked at them, which That's I appreciated. Good. They were probably like, hey, good catch. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I tumbled. I like I fell over and then fell over again. I was like Austin <laughs> Powers, like, oh, I fell over. I fell over again. Oh, I can't get up. Like that was me at the edge of this two foot slide. <laughs> So I was like, with well, three inches of water, <laughs> with three inches of water. And I was like, that was fun. I'm not doing that again with you. No matter how much I love you, you're going down slides on your own from here on out. <laughs> so we go about our, our play date and we meet up with my friend and her kids and happen to run into some children from my school, which is always fantastic when you're in a bathing suit in February <laughs> and with your nephew and you just biffed it down this slide. And I realize as I'm playing in the water that like, I kind of hurt. Like, I'm like, I'm kind of sore and I'm not really sure what happened. So when I, we swim around for a little bit and then get back into the shallower waters and I look down and I realize I skinned my knee. I skinned my knee really well. And I'm like bleeding, but I'm like, you know, I have a kid and I cannot get out of the water because there's this kid here and it would just be too much of a mess to get out of the water at this point. So I'm just going to do what we did when we were kids and just submerge it back into the water. Know that the chlorine and all the other germs and whatever else is in that water. Because there were many, many people at the pool that day. I know. That still makes me 
You guys, it was kind of skinning that, ladies, you know this, you you get a pretty good skinning and then you can't shave that area <laughs> for like a week. Still, like it is days and days later. Uh, and I still, like I have a forest piece grown. of base. I am hot, <laughs> let me tell you. I bruised my foot. I was like limping around the pool. Skin it's true. Clean. She came over after and then was like trying to get on our couch, <laughs> which is kind of a deep couch. Yeah. And she's like, ugh. Ooh, ooh, I yeah. really fell. Yeah, no, when you like kneel to I'm get onto a couch. She fell, don't get me wrong. No, I'm you not can laugh. At, it no. was funny. I'm just imagining like if I could take the two parallel scenarios mm-hmm. and put them together. Yeah, well, oh, I boy. can't to this day still, my bed is higher. It is. And higher. so I had like, I usually kneel to get into it. Mm. No, I have to do this like gymnastics move to get into because oh, no. I can't kneel on that knee still. She's like propped up on mm-hmm. her dresser trying yeah. to do like a front flip. Yes, I'm like <laughs> hip hopping into the bed and my cats are like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I'm like, I skinned my knee going down the two foot slide into three <laughs> inches of water for the nephew. Okay. Leave me alone. Everything is worth it for the nephew. To add insult to injury, I jarred my back again. Oh, now, if no. you'll remember, I jarred my back trying to pick up a scale. <laughs> And then you just can't win you going down the slide. The universe was like, let's not do that again. Almost 45 year old. And I was like, cool, I can do that. Also really quickly. <laughs> I have to tell you that being without masks lately is kind of horrifying in many oh, ways. Now okay. I know we talked about the mask knee. I know we talked about how chapped my lips are yeah. because I don't, I'm not breathing my own breath back into I mean, this small I'm area. Them, but yeah. So yeah, do tell. But also even more mortifying was the fact that I came home the other day from school. I spent a whole day at school maskless and I just, right. I was washing my hands and looking at myself in the mirror and realized I had a forest of chin hairs. Oh no. Staring back at me. Now, ladies, you know yeah. that we usually try to pluck those puppies. Did you pluck her? And catch them yeah. before anyone Some has them, a chance though, to I notice. Swear. Some of them, I swear, it like takes the right moment for those suckers to spring. I, yeah. They can be like, oh, they la, sprung. La, la, we're good. And then all of a sudden it's like, boing. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like an, half an inch long, maybe. And I was like, no. oh my God. That long? This, uh, one on each side. And I was like, oh. good That's Lord. That's me like the this Chinese is beard ex- look. Exactly. That is exactly <laughs> what I was like. Oh my God. Oh my and goodness. Then, if anyone noticed it during the day, they were so polite. Just like the people who watched me fall off the kitty slide. They were so polite. They did not address it. But I was your, like, your chin hair is blonde though. This so. is one of those things that masks were disguising That's and true. covering up. So we didn't I mean, have to deal with it. Fluorescent light does bring about, I feel like it doesn't matter what color your fur is. Like fluorescent light brings it out. Yeah. And the sun catches right when you're driving oh. home. You happen to catch yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh What's my God. What's this shadow on my shoulder? Yeah. <laughs> it's my chin hair. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's the worst. It's fun. It is fun being me. How's that for us now, you guys? Plucked. (laughs) It is now manicured. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. That's the worst. I will just say, because I know you have to do the STW joke of the day. Mm. But when I've gone to get my eyebrows waxed Mm -hmm. and then they're like, do you want your lips or like, do you want your lip waxed? No. Do you want your cheeks? No. Do you want your, and they're like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. I love that. Cause I had someone once, one time I was like, yeah, okay, wait, is it that bad? And she literally tried to wax my whole face. And I was like, what? Uh, Mm -hmm. Never again. Never again. Just, just the brows. We are of Russian descent. Our faces need this fur for the winter. (laughs) For the winter. (laughs) Yes. To Mm -hmm. hibernate. (laughs) Yes. I am also grizzly bear. Maybe that's why I hibernate. Oh, just real fast. Yes. Um, Yeah. Just want to let y'all know. Um, 
though we are of Russian descent, um, mm. we are not necessarily on the militaristic side of what is happening in Russia right now. We we are we are not in agreement. We are not in agreement with that. Yeah, yeah. sorry to take it from a joke to this up before we get I into know, the joke. I know. No, it's a big deal. But I told Anna, it is a big deal. I thought we should say something, and we are we are not for. We have we are very and saddened family. by yeah. what is happening. We do have friends and family in both countries, and it is devastating for both sides what is happening. And um, so yeah. our thoughts, our prayers, our hugs. We're sending everybody love and light. Absolutely. Okay, now to the joke. Yeah, now back to the. The love and light. Yeah. Seems so awesomely that placed was, right now. I know. I have the best timing ever. All right, you guys. We got to go. So we're going to end with the STW Sean T. Wyman joke of the day. I mean, day. that's usually what Sean would do, though. If things were too serious, he'd be like, how <laughs> like, do, how how do we bring some joke? levity uh-huh. into this? Yeah. Now I have to go do dishes. All right. What's the <laughs> yeah. difference between a poorly dressed man on a tricycle and a well-dressed man on a bicycle? Oh, gosh. I don't even know difference between a poorly dressed man on a tricycle and a well-dressed man on a bicycle. What is it? A tire. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know. You guys are amazing. Thanks for tuning in. I love you guys got so more stories much. coming your way. <laughs> Stay tuned for things like this and more from yeah. your dear Russian sisters. We love you guys. We hope you're doing well and have, have an amazing week. week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Russian sisters. For more, go to soundoff.network. Produced and distributed by the SoundOff Media Company. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.